Boom, button's hit. So you said something about a big titty Spock. Okay, I guess you want to do this instead of the start. That's fine. fine I'll do uh, I was just looking. No, no, no. I was just looking at Twitter, uh, and I saw this. Uh, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it'd be quite as uh, this. Oh, yeah. The Shoujo Star Trek, the original series line from Kotobukiya, um, the big titty Spock. It's 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 kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hate it. Um, but, like, Uhura's right there. So, you want a cute lady to make an anime figure of out of the original series? There, there is one. Are they are they also doing big titty Kirk? I don't know. It's the first so you, of the line. So you can get some uh, <laughs> some girl yaoi. I don't know. This is this is one hundred and fifty or one hundred thirty dollars. I'm not. I'm not buying this. Oh yeah, that's too expensive. I like um, Star Trek, but like we got to be reasonable here. I spent that on the the Nana figures, which is a little too rich for my blood, but. If I'm going to do it for one thing. Yeah, but like, you, like anime wife Spock is not the thing mm. I'm going to spend hard $30 on. Yeah. If this is like a $30 to $60 statue, I would buy it. Destiny would think it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It'd be fun to have. Um, but it, $130? No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, would you like to do the intro to this podcast? Uh, okay. Hear us here in the host of the hour. First, to follow the fox named Neve with books laid before the bear named M to read and retire around the long fire. We're back. We are back. <laughs> Podcast time. Is that just all going at the beginning? Are you gonna? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not fucking moving it to the end. Are you kidding me? It's gonna be late. Yeah. <laughs> um, People know what they've signed up for at this point. No one's coming in on Y'all Saga episode like <laughs> eight or whatever. <laughs> That's true. Um, do we have any other bullshit we want to talk about or should we, should we do the we work can, we first? Can, we can, yeah, we can do the work first. Then we'll put it at the end. Okay. Um, so we read, uh, 113 through 130. Um, yeah. And the first two here, we're just like getting some more dudes introduced. Um, there's so many fucking dudes in this book. Yeah. Like none of the, like these names come up. They're going to, they're going to be like vaguely important. Uh, and in, you know, chapters later that we already read. Um, but there's just like so many and they're like giving you their full lineage. Um, yes. And it's like, Flossie was like the last one that we really needed to care about deeply. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I got to this and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but anyway, we then get, uh, Flossie going around gathering allies, um, so that he can like basically have a strong showing when he goes to the all thing. Um, I don't know if there's like anything that notable in, in this part where he's just like getting the gang together. Um, mm. the, the main notable, I mean, everyone does, everyone does know that, uh, Morther is super shady about his whole, like, I don't know who did that last blow. could have been anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and people are like, how how much can we trust him? Um, yeah, uh, but the the big thing here with uh, Flossy going to the all thing is uh, he rides and meets with uh, Hildegunner, who is um, his widowed niece. I think that's mm. the the family relation here. Um, 
And we get this like the the most like extravagant inciting to violence of of any of the inciting to violence scenes we've gotten in the saga. Um, I mean, it, it starts with like putting up the hangings and putting out the high seat, which would be like this place of honor for the person who got revenge. Uh, so like already doing that, being like I'm expecting this, um, and then the the table, uh, the like towel that he gets. Um, has like holes and everything and stuff is torn off, uh, you know, representing the like loss that she has. Um, I forget. There's something else that I'm, I'm not remembering what it is before she like brings out the bloody cloak. That's like the big final one. I feel like there was some other, uh, little things she did. Um, but yeah, the big thing is she like brings out the cloak, um, that I think was a gift that he gave. Yeah. Uh, a cloak that he had given to Holskilder. Um, and she, it was like noted at the time, wrapped up a bunch of the clotted blood in it and like put it in a chest. So she takes it out and just like throws it over his shoulder so that like all the clotted blood run, yeah. yeah, rains down over him. Um, and, uh, we get this line, colder women's councils. Um, there's like, a few different ways to translate this, but they're all roughly the same meaning. Uh, this is like a, a common phrase people will quote. Um, and there's a, a punk album by like a, a all women punk group um, that has the the title, uh, you know, in Icelandic. Um, oh, fun! So, um, yeah, a lot of their early stuff they had like a weird saga theme. One of their albums was also Drapo, which is like a form of poetry. Um, Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, he then goes around, uh, gathering more allies. We keep getting like the, it's just funny how often, uh, Lombi (laughs) Searson, um, Gunnar Lombison and, uh, Grouny Gunnarsson all just like keep showing up for this shit. (laughs) Um, I was just amused by that at this point. There's a real, like, uh, like small town, like, oh, this is just the guys you get. We need to round up like a posse yeah. kind of vibe to the whole thing. Uh, and they just have the vibe of like, they just like being part of a posse, you know? Yeah. They're just, they're just sitting around drinking beers, like <laughs> fucking king of the hill, waiting for someone to like call them to action to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, um, we also get, um, a little bit of, of y'all preparing, um, and then, uh, oh, we get the the whole thing at the, I think this takes place at the all thing, right? With, um, Ausgrimir is trying to, like, help Njal win, uh, some allies. And then we get the, mm-hmm. we get this exchange that feels very, um, like it's in prose form, but there are a lot of Old Norse poetries that are like these insults exchanges um Mm -hmm. and it really feels like it's of akin from like that mode of of storytelling um yes there's definitely like the way in which they go because they go around and everyone uh like there's like an escalation of the response they get as people get like more and more hedging their bets about helping them out but everyone's like oh uh scare uh what's his name scareth um i can can never pronounce scarpathen yeah, Scarpathan. Everyone's like, "Who's that guy?" Because he looks like he's got some fucking business about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the way it repeats just feels like oral tradition, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
like I don't I haven't looked into this specific part. I would mm-hmm. I would be unsurprised if um they already have or someday found like a a poem that this is riffing off of. Even if it's not yeah. like directly these characters if they're just like adapting it. Um Yeah. Cuz yeah, this just this is such a written written like history or even myth just doesn't do this sort of like you know pattern based thing because it's the nature of a thing you got to remember right like, yeah i feel like you spot the stuff from a thousand miles uh and it's good i don't i don't dislike it it's uh it's fun to watch everyone go who is that weird guy fifth in your party you're yeah. like oh, don't worry about him i just recruited him uh you know on my side quest <laughs> yeah he doesn't fit in the rest of everything else he's a bad motherfucker <laughs> Um, and you can see it being a thing too, where like the insults maybe have various like rhymes or consonants yes. that like point to the names to like help you remember mm-hmm. all the names that they go to talk to and the, you know, who they, they end up, uh, convincing. Um, and I think the, the main thing here is, um, so I think Vuthmunder is the one who gets like really sworn out. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the one where, uh, he makes like references to being, um, is it him to being the, the like bride or the like sweetheart of a troll? Um, mm. I think it was that one. And then basically like another guy hears of this who, who was, uh, feuding with, um, with this other guy and it's like, oh no, it's, uh, Guthminder is the one who he does kind of insult, but not like, uh, significantly. Um, and then I think it's Thorkel Bully who he just like, uh, really has it out with. Um, and then Guthminder hears of it and is like, well, I hate that guy. So it was really funny that you said all those mean things to him. Uh, so I guess I will support your case now. <laughs> Um, so we get, like, one person who's fully agreeing, um, to, to, like, go and support. Um, we then get the suit, um, the the sort of case put forward. Um, it gets obviously revealed that, uh, Merther inflicted the wound and, and concealed it, and so the case is invalid. Um... And uh, Nyadl stands up and is like, I do want this resolved. Although, does he, based on his later actions? Um, but they they come to this, like, arbitration agreement. Um, and the price is set at three Weregild, which would be, like, the... the uh, for the slaying of, of the one of Holskolder, it's set for, th- like, three men, basically. Uh, so it's yeah. 600 silver. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, one of the stipulations is that it all has to be gathered, like, at the all thing, um, which nobody would, yes. alone would bring that much. Um, but the, the intention is to basically get multiple people to pay into it, um, as this, like, additional show of peace, uh, seems to be the, the intention here. Um, and so through this, they, you know, there's a certain amount of like, how is this going to break bad? Uh, but they do manage to get all the money. They pile it all up. It's like this huge heap of silver. Um, and then this is why I'm like, didn't y'all actually want to resolve this? Cause he's like, uh, he says to, uh, Scarpathan, like, 
uh, don't run your mouth. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I want this to go well. Um, and then he like specifically, especially knowing that Nyal has foresight, does this thing that seems to be goading like a, uh, a conflict, which is that he takes this, uh, cloak and this pair of boots that Flossy then interprets as being like, uh, impugning his manhood. Um, yeah. And then, it, and he like immediately goes to the same insult of like beardless one. Uh, you can't tell if Nyal's a man or a woman. Um, and then Scarpathan sort of, uh, defends his dad and is like, you can tell clearly that he's a man because he's begot sons with his wife. And, you know, that's us. Um, and few of our kinsmen have lain unavenged. Um, and this like, escalates into uh Flossie saying I'm not going to take any of the money. Um we can maybe talk at the end about what we think about Nyal all of his actions here cuz we got some more Nyal stuff happening here. <laughs> yes. Um but uh Flossie starts to prepare an attack um is gathering people for like uh, this actual siege of, uh, Bergthal's Quault, which is where, um, Njal and his family live. Um, I don't know if there's anything, like, too notable with the, him gathering people. Um, I know we, we, get- I mean, they do, they do say that they shouldn't, um, do the thing that they did last time where they get a guy just treed up in his house because it went really badly for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I think there's already some mention of like, well, if we'll use fire and then it will be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I feel like I forget, um, if they like enumerate exactly how many men, but this is like a very massive group of people, um, with like all the people that they're gathering. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, oh, we also get, like, a smaller inciting to violence with, like, a linen cap that was covered in blood from when, uh, Hulskolder was, was killed and everything. Um, yeah, then we get the, these, uh, little things of ill portend. Um, we get Sayun, who's an old woman who lives at Bergthorskfall. Um, and she sees some chickweed and she also has foresight and she's hitting it being like, they're going to light that on fire and kill us. Um, and Scarpathan's just like, ah, you know, if they're going to burn us, there's lots of stuff here that can kindle. Like, why should we throw out this chickweed? Um, (laughs) I know you have foresight, but I'm just going to ignore this. Um, and then we, we just get this random guy who like lives nearby named Hildegloomer, who I, I don't think we've heard about at all up until this point. Um, but he has this vision of, uh, a, um, man who is like, uh, pitch black, uh, riding on a gray steed and throws like a, a torch, I think like a firebrand. Um, and the whole, like all of the mountains light on fire. Um, and then he like, can't see, uh, because of the blaze. Uh, we also get a little bit of poetry around this. Um, then, uh, we also get, uh, Nyal seeing the, his like, uh, dining table all covered in blood. Um, just (laughs) everything's going real bad. Um, and 
I think they like get some word that that men are coming. Um, mm. oh, it's it's two of the sons who like ride back. Uh, so we also get the if they come home before the tables are removed, then um, it also means that we're gonna die because um, I think it's uh, Bergthora who says this. Um, so they return. Uh, at this part, at this point, like Scarpathan's taking the the threat of attack seriously and is like. If we just hole up inside, they will burn us to death. I, I should go out and fight them outside. I, I think we have better chances if we're fighting them outside. Um, and Yal's like, no, no, we, we're staying inside. <laughs> um, and so they come and attack. Uh, we get a little bit of like battle before they, they light things on fire. Um, the whole chapter of it, like, I guess there's like multiple chapters here, um, which I thought was, this is like the most extended siege of a home that we get. Uh, we get lots of descriptions of like how things are burning, um, which I just thought was interesting. A lot of stuff tends to be very terse. Um, but, uh, yeah, some, some notable things, uh, we get Njadl, uh, Bergthora, and um what is what is Kauri's son's name? I'm trying to um oh Thorther. Um they all just like go down they like go lay down in bed, just waiting for the fire to take them. Like the uh cutaways towards the end of the Titanic as it's sinking and the like old men or you know, the old couples in bed. Um and then uh we get the escape. Um, Scarpathan and uh, Cowrie are both planning to escape uh, by like running out onto the roof. Um, and Cowrie predicts like if if we if I go, you may not be able to to get out. Um, but Scarpathan has him go first instead, or anyway. Um, and Cowrie escapes, uh, sort of falls, but since it's like everything lit. His like clothing and hair lit on fire. They just think um, it's Scarpathan throwing like flaming burnt beams down at them. Um, yeah, and then he. This is this is just the bit. In, I think it's Assassin's Creed Three where you're running through the burning <laughs> rooftop building. Yeah. Um, I have not played any Assassin's Creed, but I will believe you there. <laughs> okay, it's it's an infamously annoyingly scripted part where you're running, and if you don't run just so, you get caught in the fire and have to redo it, and you're like chasing someone over rooftops, and it's really annoying. But like literally the way they're describing them moving across the burning beams, I'm like, this is just hold down R two to be in high movement mode, yeah, and uh, pick your way through. And um, Cowrie does all of the scripted things correctly and gets out. Yes, uh, and Scarpathan does not. Um, but he's in like. Full on, like now he looks like a golem man mode of he's all burned and uh I assume next week he's going to be sick and get vengeance, but like right now he's just like running as presumably nearly naked burned in the fields. Yeah. <laughs> um he does go uh to a, a small water course and mm -hmm. uh quenches his his burning clothes there. Um, but basically hides out. He he goes in a hollow that becomes known as Cowrie's Hollow ever since. Um, and then uh, you know the fire. Like basically everybody at this point um has burned to death. The fire's dying down, and like morning is coming. Um, and uh, 
Garamander, um, comes riding to them, uh, who, who's a kinsman of them. Um, and I thought that there's the little exchange of a mighty deed you have done, both a mighty deed and an ill deed, people will call it, but it is done now. <laughs> um, and asks, like, so who, who, uh, perished here? And they list, um, you know, Njal, Bergthora, uh, Thorther Kaurison, uh, Kaure Solmunderson, and Thorther the, the Freedman. Uh, they do let out, like, a number of people, um, who aren't, uh, the people who they're after. They let them escape. Um, so there's, like, you know, uh, work people and stuff are able to get out. Um, but then Garmander's like, well, that's funny. Uh, I just saw someone who you just counted as dead. They're like, which one was it? Uh, Kaori. And everyone's like, well, fuck. He's like the cool new hero. So we're screwed. Um, and that's basically where, where we end up. Um, yeah. So name of the next chapter, Kaori's measures. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we finally got the death of Nial, the burning death of Nial. Um, honestly, glad to see him go. Fuck that guy. He sucks. <laughs> um, I do, especially reading through it this time, uh, I find it, like, bizarre how much he, like, we got confirmation earlier on that he knows how he dies. Yeah. And he just, I can't tell if he's just, like, um, fully gone into fatalism mode where he's just like, well, like, even if everything's going to go well, I just have to, like, do myself in. I just have to... It's not... Yeah, it's not really, like... Um... It's not really, like, uh, delineated in the book, but the way that it reads almost is, like, there were two futures, but it was result... It's, like, did Hulskulder die or not? And if he died, this is the way it was going to go, right? Yeah. But, like, it doesn't enumerate that, but that's kind of the way he... Because he's he's literally, like... When the minute that happens, he's like, I'd rather all my sons fucking die than this guy die. Like, everything is lost now. And since then, he's been useless and bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, And part of me is like, is this, like, he's having grief over that death? Is that, like, part of, like, he's, like, just gone into this uh depressive, like, kind of suicidal mode around it? Um, mm-hmm. Or is it like true that just he he can understand the fates enough to know when you can avert, avert things and when you can't? Um, yeah. But it it just does seem odd because like the it feels like this could have been averted if he didn't put the the cloak and the boots there. Um, but I think there's something for for the story. There's some like uh, interesting thing happening there, which is that like basically all of this is almost resolved. Except, uh, he does the faintest insinuation towards Flossy of like the, uh, insults that he's dealt with all of his life, um, mm-hmm. around these like very gendered assumptions of how men and women should be. Um, and that just undoes everything. Like, uh, Flossy gets a gift of a cloak and, um, like takes such a front to it. Uh, and it's like a, a small piece of what like um Nyarl and his sons have been dealing with. Um so I think like there's something happening there. I don't know exactly what, but um I do think that little that moment is interesting. Um especially because like it seems like everything's gonna be fine if he just doesn't give those gifts. Um But uh Yeah. 
Uh, he just wants to go see Gunnar again. You know, that's all it is. He misses his bro. Yeah. There's nobody to sit and drink beers and joke about how your wives just keep causing violence. So, like, what's the point <laughs> of anything? Um, as our friend Kim would say, uh, Nyal has no swag. I'm sick of this guy. I'm ready. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do just think that the, the, the burning scene is great, but it's also just so funny how, like, how much he just gives into it. <laughs> it literally, like, will let you out. And he's like, nah, no, 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 I'm good, actually. <laughs> Me and my wife, we're staying here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, hopefully this won't almost destroy the entire nation. <laughs> I feel like the, the, it's already done. Yeah. It's already done. But yeah. Um. Oh, I, I had two notes of things that I thought were funny. Um, uh-huh. One, I did the, the page numbers and I just missed them as I was going through uh, the book trying to summarize. Um. So chapter 118 with Yal and his party. Um, there's the part where Nyal's foster son, Thor Hotler, um, is wearing this, uh, cloak that has brown stripes and everyone's Mm -hmm. just making fun of him for it, uh, which I just thought was (laughs) a funny, like, little moment. Um, and then he's like, I shall be, uh, through wearing it the day I shall have to seek redress for the death of my foster father. Just like being all serious about it. (laughs) Um... I just thought that was funny. Um, and then during the, the, uh, settlement of the suit, there's a part where they're mm. like naming the judges or the jurors or I don't know what like the other term you would use, but the, the translation we're reading calls them umpires. Um, yes. and I just, this is like, um, what I think like 122 and maybe 123 has it in there. Uh, it just made me think about the baseball episode saga. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i was amused by that as well but um yeah i think those are my main notes we're getting to near the end yeah um we have a uh not this week but the our final week we have a really long uh chapter okay um I'm just looking at it. Uh, uh, nine pages, which is a lot for a saga like this. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I've ended up. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Neal's. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else. You might say that's me all, folks. <laughs> I would not say that, but you're welcome to. No, I, 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 don't, I feel bad about it. I'll be honest. I feel uh, extra boring lately because I've just been one. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, um, mm-hmm. which is not very fun to talk about on a podcast. Um, yeah, and then I, I've, just I've been, been working on stuff for podcasts, so I don't have anything that I don't already plan to talk about or I can't talk about. Like, there's one thing I'm doing that, like, I just can't. I'm not allowed to talk about. So it's not for anything. I'm not I'm not teasing anything to anyone. The audience is just a thing I can't talk about that I'm working on. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of mine has been like vaguely podcast related. Yeah. Um, I've uh, been having a good time with Chrono Cross. I got to where I gave up every other. The last time I played it, it was the furthest I ever got, and it was at this point. Yeah, I, I understand entirely why. Um, because the game gives you two like options where you're going to close off avenues of opportunity in a row. And I hate that in games and putting one right after the other. I was like, Oh, I just don't know if I did the right thing. Now I just get to ask you like, Hey, do, what, what should I do? Should I get Nikki? You know, I get Nikki and I was like, okay. I'm like, should I, should I uh, save kid? And you're like, save kid. And I was like, good. I really wanted to, but the guide was like, you should get Glenn. Glenn's cool. And uh, the secret is neither of us give a shit about Chrono Trigger. So. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the real thing is I was like, go with your heart. Uh, and then I, I talked with you a little bit more and I was just like, yeah, just like, you're not going to care that much about getting Glenn. <laughs> um, no, it's not even the Glenn from Chrono Trigger. No, it's clearly not. Yeah. There's just a dude named after that guy. He's got a sword. Yeah. Uh, and everyone, all the guides will be like, and if you pick him, you get the cool, like, uh, you know, team tech move or whatever. I forget what they call them in, in Chrono Trigger. Fucking X slash yeah. tech. Yeah. Uh, just like in Chrono Trigger. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you you want me to care about this more than saving a girl? No. <laughs> She's my thief. Thieves are good. Yeah. Pilfer is a um, really useful skill. Um, kids animation when she misses and kicks dirt is the best animation. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's, she's a, uh, the, the thing is, because there's a part where you're like, do I need to keep kid in my party? Um, and I was like, she'll show up when it's important for her to be there. Uh, the game will like yeah. have her show up. Um, yeah. But then I got the level three text and she became much more. Yeah. Useful. But once you get Pilfa, you're like, oh, I, I don't know why I would never use her. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm ready to get rid of Nikki because, uh, he's kind of cool, but like he's, he sucks. He's so much weaker than Kid and Surge were. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you, uh, do a few things right, you can, you can get him to be a really strong attacker. I think you're getting uh-huh. close to getting like a summon soon. Um, and the first okay. summon is blue colored and has to be oh, like okay. the innate. So you can, you can deal a lot of damage with him at that point, but, um, okay. There might also be a few other, I forget when, what other blue, well, you have Lena. You could also do that with Lena. Lena's great. Yeah. Um, um, the thing with that, uh, that I assume is going to be true. I haven't seen a summon yet is the spells already take too fucking long. I don't want to summon this even longer. Yeah. Uh, they're not that much long. At least the first one you get is not that much longer than a spell. Okay. Um, also the game's been pretty easy. You honestly just like, Surge hits a guy th- three times and then does like a, his fucking slash tech has been doing me just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if, if you just chose to save kid, there's like the first boss that gives people trouble sometimes on, on the horizon coming up. But, um, okay. also like that boss gave me trouble when I was like 11 or whatever. That yeah. boss does not give me trouble now. So, yeah, um, fair enough. You just have to be like smart about healing and, you know, maybe a little bit of party composition. What elements are you allocating? It's like the first boss fight where you have to actually think about that sometimes. 
I did that before I fought uh, the boss at the end of Viper Manor. I'm not going to talk about it because yeah. we're trying... Trying not to just low slow roll the abnormal mapping coming up in May over the course of every alpha episode. But right now, it's like a thing to talk about. Um, where I just like made sure everybody had some white element, and it was great. I was glad I did that. Yeah, made it way very easy. Mm-hmm. Not not just because it did a lot of damage, but because you can get him in a reaction loop where all he's doing is like locking your white elements and not doing any attacking. Yeah. Um. There's a weird thing with um, links as well, where uh, I don't know like what the coding thing is, but normally if you're like attacking a boss with the the element that they're weak or they're like, is there innate? You don't do much damage, yeah. um, but you can actually deal decent damage to to links with black uh, for that boss fight, which is weird. Oh, um, interesting. But that's a thing that I've seen people do tips if people have trouble with that boss. Which is not too often, but is like, oh, if he keeps locking all of your white, uh, just like cast black spells on him. <laughs> oh. Um, so it's not been hard. Yeah, it's not a hard game. It did like teach That's- me how to play JRP JRPG in a way that wasn't just grinding when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not that hard. I I really appreciate that it's just like no, you don't grind anymore. Though it does make every time I had run to a battle. Like, after I've hit my, like, soft cap, uh, really annoying, I'm like, I'm not getting anything from this. Waste my time. Let me out of here. You can run from every single fight. Even, I think, most boss fights, there's, like... I had to run from a boss fight because um, the the little girl with all the ice magic that you need um, killed Kid, and I didn't have revive or anything, so I was like, I need that star. I'm not going to let Kid not get a star. Um, oh, yeah. Because if they die, they don't get the stars. Yeah. And the stars are the most important part of the video game. It is a game about acquiring stars. Might as well be Mario 64. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, how's Turn A Gundam? It's, it's fucking great. I have I have eight <laughs> yeah. episodes left. I wish I was okay. watching it right now, but I'm watching Iron Blooded Orphans for Ghost Divers, which is is a show that I like, but it's not Turn A Gundam. I'm sorry no, to I, report I mean, you're never problem- gonna you're never gonna have a higher high than Turn A Gundam. I really <laughs> genuinely think Turn A is yeah. I would be shocked if there was anything as good as Turn A Gundam. It's fine. It it's like it's so good that it's like annoying though because like I can't measure anything else against it. Uh, like, I'm hoping I get a show as good as, like, Gundam X, which I think is, like, really interesting and has some really bad parts, but I think it, like, has the thing when it goes for it, it fucking goes for it. Yeah. Turning is just, like, exceptional in every direction and nothing can touch it and, like, whatever. It's like, I'll name me an anime better than Utena. And it's like, no, there's, they fucking nailed yeah. it. What do you want? Go home. <laughs> if that, like, where's the next Nichijou? There isn't one. There never will be. Stop asking. You just gotta let the ones that are exceptional on that tier be exceptional on that tier. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, I looked at the, um, cause I, I'm watching in Plex, which shows you the episode titles. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we're about to learn some shit about the dark history next episode. So I'm like extra, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I need to, to watch this. Oh, but the next, the entire rest of the show is just fucking bangers all the way down. It's so good. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> God, I love Laron so much. Uh, yeah. like sweetest, dumbest Gundam boy. Yep. 
Yeah. He just wants to help people. Uh, doesn't really know what that means and is willing to listen to anyone else's idea of what that might mean. I, I, the thing is, like, turning is... I think, like, there's a there's a broad global pessimism in Turning, but I think individually it's, like, a very optimistic show um, where Laron will just try his best and will never, like, hit the bleak periods that other Gundam characters that Tomino's written will hit, or even, like, outside of Gundam stuff. Um, it just feels lighthearted, even when it's being, like, bleak. There's, like, stuff in Turning that I think is, like, genuinely very bleak. Um, but, um... I think overall it's a show about the optimism of individuals uh, in a way that is uh, good. Yeah. Uh, also, the we turned the Gundam into a washing machine um, <laughs> is like genuinely one of the most triumphant moments in a Gundam show I've ever seen. <laughs> have you had the gun? Have you had the turn a cape moment yet? I assume you have. the cape moment. Yeah. Yeah. With the that's um, when they're like when it first Laurence- when the moon. Yeah. Yeah, the colony. Yeah. The one of the best pieces of animations ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> um it, it had been it had gone around Twitter the other day. I was just looking at it, I'm like, man, it's never gonna be as good as this again. This was it. <laughs> this is the high water mark. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not because you're also not gonna get this kind of 2D animation again. No, yeah. This is the thing is like anime changes shortly after this and there's shows I like, obviously, um, but for the sheer spectacle, it just doesn't exist in the same way. Again. Yeah. Um, like, I think, like, Iron-Blooded Orphan look, looks pretty good for what it is, but it does not look like mm. Journey. Eh, look, by then we'll be so numb to, I mean, I we watch a lot of, like, you know, DigiPaint shows from the aughts, and I, I like many of them just fine. It's not, like, a problem, right? Yeah. Um, Though you have the problem of you're watching like IBO, which I assume is like that's a relatively beloved show. I assume you're having a good time the way you kind of talk around it. Um, Turn A, which is like so exceptional, it's rude. And then Dog Shit Destiny, the worst show yeah. that's ever lived. Uh, and then G Gundam, which would be like prime to be my least favorite Gundam that I've watched so we far. So, but there's we C so Destiny. Mean to G Gundam. Yes, we are so mean to G Gundam and like often deserved. Like it's a it's a, it's a messy show that never coheres. I think it's got a bunch of cool ideas. I like most of the Gundams. I think a Gundam battle tournament that isn't like super serious is like a banger idea. Unfortunately, fuck it all up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to like really invest. Um, but it's like it's but, lovingly um, mid. I say it like mid yeah. with love in my heart. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Uh, and so while at the time I was like, this is the worst Gundam, uh, I, I didn't know how far we had to fall. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing that we have watched is like a mile near scene, see destiny in terms of badness. Like, you know, I, I, you know, infamously put oh, MST at the bottom. I really hate episode 12. I think that show really misunderstands what's good about Gundam. Um, but like, it's fine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it doesn't compare. Uh, Yeah. It just doesn't. Um, There's a part in the the Iron-Blooded Orphans episode that, like, the next one that will come out um, Mm. for Ghost Divers, where in the post-ED section, when uh, Connor and I were just, like, chatting before we really got into the podcast, I just throw all that to, like, after the end music. Um, And there was a part where I was trying to explain to Connor how mad I was that they didn't do, like 
anything with the Wakis Klein alive Zaku. Uh, and in, yes. in having to do so, I had to like explain context for like, what's going on here? How are we doing this? And so I'm talking about like, yeah, there's the, you know, Wakis Klein. She has like this magical singing, I guess. Uh, and then like this guy finds she the, quit to form a CIA. Yeah. And she, and she was like kind of a space princessy type character. And then she formed the CIA and Connor's like, this is already incredible. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it, everything about it. So there's the fact that Locus and me are not the two coolest characters in all of Gundam is just, they fumbled the bag. Yeah. Anyone could have fumbled the bag. And I'm like, because she's part of the, like, she's formed the CIA now. She's not in the public eye. So this other guy found this girl who can, like, has similar singing powers to her. Except she was she making fucking music. fan cam TikToks. Yeah. And they, he hired her to be her. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I, I think she got like surgery or something. I, I don't think it's been explained, but, uh, to look like her, um, except maybe with bigger tits. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, Mommy Milker's Lockus Klein is here. And then, like, the start of this episode, there's this Zaku, and I, like, send the photo of the Zaku, uh, and, and Connor's like, this is incredible. This sounds like the greatest show. You said you're, you're having be, a bad it time. It should be the greatest show. <laughs> it should be the greatest show. I, I think literally anyone on Earth could write a better Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny than the creators of Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's wild how much they have ideas and then just don't do anything with them. Yeah. If it, if it didn't have ideas like this, I feel like it would not be as bad. But it's like they keep having ideas but then not doing anything and dropping it and then doing something else and uh there's like nothing you can ever hold on to and that just makes it worse. So. Yeah. <sighs> I can't believe that I'm going to be done with turn A and Iron Blooded Orphans and and still be watching NG Gundam. And yeah, still I'll be probably watching, be done with uh, G Gundam. I will. Where are you in G Gundam? Um, I'm only like 15 or 16 episodes in, but um, that pace is going to pick up. Okay. All the things that I uh, both love and hate haven't really happened yet. I don't think. Yeah. Um. Um. But like, once I finish Churn A, I'm going to start watching. Um. Well, I'll watch F91. Oh, you're like the plot is like about to basically about to show up. So okay, you know, you're there. Yeah, we're starting to get like various stuff with the Devil Gundam or the yeah, Dark Gundam. Devil Gundam, the Devil Gundam. Yeah, but I'm I'm watching the dub, but with the subtitles turned on, so that when they say Gundam okay. names, I can check the subtitles and see what the actual name is. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll watch F ninety one when I'm done with turn A. I just don't want to have like. So much Gundam going constantly. Uh, and then I'll start yeah. Stardust Memory. I'll probably be like in the middle of victory when we do the, the Destiny, Seed Destiny finale. <laughs> oh, that's great. So just a memory of better things that we could have. Yeah. Um, then I think at that point, I mean, I, I plan to rewatch Wing because it's been forever since I've seen it. Um, uh-huh. I think like Gundam X is the only other one that I I would have before I'm caught up. Yeah, Gundam X is really good. So yeah, look forward to that. Um, I was thinking I was going to save Wing for the end, but I I might save Gundam X for the end just to to have it to look forward to. Yeah, the thing about Wing is that it's uh stupid, so it, it's very easy to watch. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, wing is also one where, where it wasn't super like keen on wing um endless waltz turn it really around i really like endless waltz but um if seed was like wing uh we'd be cooking with gas i i can't believe i just am asking gundam to be mid again please anything yeah the thing is i i look at gundam wing and i'm just like oh yeah I, I know all these guys. Uh, duo, I definitely had like a vague crush on Duo when I was a kid. Um, definitely was not like thinking about what was, you know, in the way that I think about anime now, what was really going on, mm-hmm. but uh, did really enjoy that show. I also remember liking Endless okay. Waltz more, but. Yeah, I. Uh, Endless Waltz just has an energy that like, I don't think Gundam is good at capturing of just like. Some cool things happen, and I mostly am having a good time, like, enjoying them with my brain shut off, and I don't, I just don't ever get to approach Gundam that way, partially because of the job we do, right? Um, It's like, it's not, it's not Pat Labor to, Pat Labor the movie levels of good, but I like it in many of the same ways Pat Labor the movie fucking blew me away, (laughs) IGN.com. Do the, do the angel wings not, is it? Uh, endless waltz is when they show up yes okay yeah the um the the thing with that is the zero custom has wings but for some and it's the same gundam but for some reason they just the movie budget it's like when klingon suddenly had like forehead ridges and you're just like oh it's because we had a budget we don't it's all the same thing you're not supposed to ask questions yeah um (laughs) uh, i love it i think the uh Zero custom with the angel wings is so cool. Yeah. I mean, you've watched Ray Earth. You know, I love when uh, Max have just like fucking wings. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would, Wing is the one I wish I could watch with like the brain of people who watched it back when it was on Toonami, where it was just cool. You'd never see anything like it. Um, unfortunately, I had to have uh, ideology and perspective and had seen every Gundam leading up to it. So Wing is a, kind of a bad time. But there's a lot of wing that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just remembered that uh, this month my my uh, combined Ray Earth is supposed to ship. Oh, nice. I'm so excited for that thing. Um, I'm just looking at the, like, photos of it and just knowing that the Motoroid is not going to look as nice as these photos. No, those photos are painted. Yeah. <laughs> those photos are live. <laughs> um, that was honestly my main complaint when I built the Motoroid is that I just think the colors are kind of bad, like, in general. Mm. Um, yeah. They just don't have the colors there like like Bondi does. Yeah. Uh, they just... It's unfair. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you're just, like, better at all of this because you make all of it. Yeah. Um... Uh, could you make me anything that isn't a Gundam ever? Please, love of God. God, if there's Bondi rune gods, I would just lose my mind. <laughs> I would just want, I just want model kits of like people. They've made a couple and I like them. I would like more of them. Oh yeah. I've, I think like maybe when I was younger, I did like a model kit or two, not necessarily Bondi, but that were like people. Um, mm-hmm. I just always find them. I don't know. There's something about like uh the the human form where I just want like a sculpture style figure or I want like a figma. 
Well, the the ones I like are sculptures. They aren't like posable figures. Yeah, like they do make those, right? Like there's the what's her what's her name from G Witch? Mirin is that her name? Um, oh, Mirin. Mirin. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, her and they do like a thousand Dragon Ball ones, and there's some Poke. I think the Poke ones are actually static. They're like for little kids. They're like fifteen minute kids, um, but they are cute. Yeah. Um. They did the the main girl from G Witch as well, I think. Um, is that not the main girl? Am I just forgetting the girls? Uh, Mianrin is the the one with the long white hair. Um, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm mistaking who got the kid. Then. Um. Oh, I might obviously not paying that much attention yeah. to. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, Su- there's oh, a Suleta uh, figure, yeah, yeah, that's like a um, put-together kit, but she's posable. For some reason, I couldn't remember her name, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that kit, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I wish that show was yeah. better. Um, you can't talk about this. <laughs> I know, I feel like most of my friends are really down on it, so I'm, like, curious how I'll find it in five years when no one cares anymore. Yeah. Um. I I won't say more about why I'm down on it, but. Yeah. Um. I just know that you've been down on it. Um, I know Olivia's down on it. Um. I think Camille's down on it. Like, multiple, multiple of my friends are down on it. Like, in disparate, like, circles, right? Like, it's just, um. I feel like the the trend tends to be negative, and I'm not even trying to ask about it. I just feel like I picked up the vibe. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did. Uh, this reminds me. I did do my Gundam rankings. Uh, in yeah. case that I I will have to do that when I do the finale. But, um, I mean, there's stuff I rank below it, but not that much. Okay. I mean, yeah. If you if you come on and do Gundam rankings, you have to do it in timeline. You can't break. Yeah, them. I can't. I can't throw in G Witch and I'm Blooded Orphans. No, no. I think those are the only two I've watched out of out of timeline at this We've point. Never let a guest do that, and you're we're not yeah. about to start for you. So, <laughs> um, you just have to come back after G Witch and give us your ranking then. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe it will change by then. Maybe I'll soften. Um, yeah. I saw it was boring. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're just we're just talking. I mean, all I'm doing right now is watching anime. So I guess this is what we're doing. But yeah, that's her. That and I haven't watched that much more of The Prisoner. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. I, honestly, I just I've been so busy. I'm like, oh right, you're watching. That was a week ago, man. Fine. Yeah. When I drive into the office, that's a whole day. Where I don't get yeah. to watch TV while I work, so or like movies oh, or anything. I don't watch TV while I work. I watch. I watch an, right now. Like I'm watching Haruhi at lunch, uh, and I'm in. I'm watching Endless Eight, like one episode at a time. But normally, I just I watch stuff. Like I watch GGP stuff on the weekend, um, and then uh, Beach House stuff. I tend to just watch around. But like I'm all still gaming moded, um, and it's just eating up all my time. Also, like I had to watch The Hobbit for. Uh, Mortal Movie Night, which is tomorrow, and I'm excited to record about that. That's gonna be great. But like, 
just like homework. I'm just busy with homework all the time. But yeah, this is the Rankin Bass Hobbit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I will not be watching the Peter Jackson Hobbit. I am going to take my leave when they get to those and fucking do anything else in my time. Um, I should try to watch that. I, I always, my association, association with it is, uh, this like movie, I guess, came out in that period where like VHS, like home, movie wasn't that popular or you know common uh there may have been some stuff that existed but... wait the rankin bass hobbit came out in the 70s yeah. there was no vhs <laughs> i mean like but even when i was a kid like stuff from this was not always getting immediately yeah. uh but anyway so like when this came out um i think the way that a lot of that stuff ended up happening is that you would get like they would do a, a vinyl that would have like scenes and music oh right yes yeah yeah Yeah, so i have a i have like a double lp vinyl of like the songs and like some dialogue scenes from the movie um oh and that's so yeah we like my parents would put it on sometimes when i was a kid um Uh so it's like my main association with this this movie is is that and then like looking through the art because there's like lots of pictures from the you know the movie in it yeah. so um it's uh it's good i uh i highly recommend yeah. it yeah um i guess before that it was just like sheet music right people would buy sheet music for movies yeah i mean people still probably buy sheet music for movies yeah that's the other actual uh it's not for a movie but um i have this like very old very rare uh book of sheet music that's like f- songs from the Lord of the Rings where it's like poetry, like, you know, parts where there is oh, like a yeah. song written out with poetry where they like wrote music to it. Um, yeah, just my parents being like in the seventies into the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> uh, very much colored my, my, uh, introduction to it and my ideas around it. Um, Frodo lives is the whole thing. Yeah, no, that's so, so weird to me because like I got in because they were making a movie and I was reading. I read. I read the books of movies I was looking forward to seeing. Yeah, because uh, that's what you do when you're a high school student and have a lot of time. Um, and uh, Ben just briefly got intensely into Lord of the Rings, but like the entire culture around it, just like it's the only things I've heard about secondhand because, um, just I didn't know anyone who's in a fantasy. Um, yeah, and I'm not into fantasy myself, so. Yeah. Um, I had a, now I'm like Googling, seeing if I can find a, the Frodo lives hat that I had, but it's all like new movie font hats now. Like, I, I guess oh, people right. have made this, but it was like an older one. Um, it was like used to be my dad's or something. And I wore it all the time as a kid. Okay. Just a, that that period before I was a punk, where I was just a little weird nerd. Now I've kind of wrapped back around, but <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like uh, you could be both. Gotta say this one in the movie font sucks. I hate. Yeah. It. Um, the hat I had too was like uh, it's kind of like a bluish gray color, I think. Um. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like a little bit of green in there or something as well. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like in a, a cooler gray uh, with some sort of color mixed in, I feel like, you know, a little bit like a model 
uh, type of fabric, but, um, yeah, that was like back in the day where, um, the three wolf moon like shirt didn't exist, but I wore just like the equivalent that did exist. Um, yeah. where it was like wolves or dragons or whatever shit. <laughs> yes. There was always some guys airbrushing some fantasy bullshit on stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I was buying it. <laughs> so brave of you to admit that. Yeah. Um, whatever, I was a little kid. You're going to make fun of a little yeah. kid. <laughs> yes. When you were the little kid. Yes. Fair. Um, oh, I don't know. There's like a, a photo of me from that period where I feel like I'm wearing some ridiculous shirt, but, uh, I doubt I'll be able to find it. Um, not a lot of photos of child me exist. Uh, but yeah, so when the, the Lord of the Rings movies came out, I already had like a, a little chip on my shoulder about like, Oh, here's all these people getting into it because of the movies. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I was already reading some sagas at that point when the movies came out. Um, the Reading Lord of the Rings is what got me into all sorts of literature problems. So, yeah. Thank you, uh, Tolkien, for uh, the Divine Comedy and uh, 8,000 other things. Uh, Lamort Arthur and fucking Beowulf and so on and so forth forever. Yeah. I, uh, so when I was, when I was like pretty young, I read the Dragonlance books. I don't think there were okay. many at the, that time, but I read some of them. Um, and then my, my dad was like, oh, you should read Lord of the Rings. Um, I had already, he'd already read like The Hobbit to me when I was a kid, but like, you should sit down and read this, you know, uh, gave me some like giant tome that, uh, I forget if, I forget if there was individual ones or if it was just like all three books and like a giant bound thing. But, um, I read it and then I tried reading other fantasy and I was just like, mm, let me just go find the stuff that he's pulling from. <laughs> So that's how I got into various mythology, including Norse mythology and then sagas. Um, and then never like really left that just reading old books instead. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I don't think I have anything else. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is a shorter one. We still talked for more no, than half the length. Fine. We uh we are not beholden to anything. We can just go to bed. I have to edit this anyway. Yeah. I already made the meme for Next, you. I know it's nice. Next week we'll be reading 131 to 144. So look forward to that. Yeah. Oh, I fucking copied it and so there we go. Um that's it. Plugs. Uh, you can find me at FoxMomNia on Twitter and co-host. Um, both of those, I, I will have a pinned post that link to all of my podcasts. Uh, go listen to Ornate Stairwells. We're back. Um, yeah. Also listen to Pondering Puton, where 
uh, hopefully I finally, I think, I think if I listen to another episode and it's about misremembering a movie, I'm going to have to <laughs> parody Connor. <laughs> um, have you listened to the most recent one? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't fucking do this anymore. I can't fucking do this I, anymore. I specifically watched the movie Sleepers for that one. Okay. But uh hopefully I I have uh driven that that joke that bit uh into into a wall with that one. So that was my goal. Good. Um Otherwise, um yeah. I guess I don't have too much else. Your plugs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com. Um, what I want people to listen to, we're going to have a, uh, we had an episode on the Hustler and the Color Money come out for Reptory Screenings. Please check that out. I had a normal mapping where Dia and Amherst came through to talk about Fantasy Star 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, those are great fucking games. People should play them. Um, uh, next week, we're going to have a Blockbusters for Pretty Woman. You can find that at patreon.com slash normal mapping. I picked that one. a month. Yeah, you did pick that one. I, we got to pick a different one now. And uh, I'm like, Ugh. we we usually just pick them on the pod. That's not like a bit. We literally are just like, I don't know. Let's find something. So, yeah. Um, I'm really excited for that one because uh, I've never seen it. And I hope I'll like it. We'll see. It's a very me pick. So I appreciate it. I feel like uh, I, I desperately need to get away from all these action movies. They're killing me. Yeah, I was trying to find some sort of romantic comedy. Um Yes. And then did land on, oh, wait, the one that was like one of the most massively successful movies of its time. Yep. And neither of us have seen it. So win, win, win. Yeah. I've seen uh, it. This podcast comes out. Oh, go I ahead. I just said I've seen it. <laughs> okay. This podcast comes out every Thursday, uh, most Thursdays, I guess. Um, but you can check out the schedule uh, by going to the website, normalmapping.com slash longfire. It's linked there. Uh, if you enjoy this, tell your friends. I hope you like the episode, and we'll be back next week for uh, no more y'all. Get get bent, y'all. You're dead. Yeah, it's uh, Cowrie's time now. Yeah, good for him. Uh, that's it. I guess we are out of the podcast. And then we are out of the podcast.
Oh, 